Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Entrepreneur to Author. My name is Jackie Pretty and I'm the founder and head editor of Grammar Factory, which helps entrepreneurs write awesome books. And today I'm excited to introduce Clarissa Rayward, the director of Brisbane Family Law Centre, who is also known as the Happy Family Lawyer. Having helped over 2,000 families through their divorces over the last 13 years, Clarissa specialises in helping separating families stay out of court and stay friends, believing that a divorce can be a positive end to a marriage. She is also the author of Splitsville, How to Separate, Stay Out of Court and Stay Friends. So thank you for joining us today, Clarissa. Thanks so much for having me. So to get started, I would love to learn a little bit more about you and your business and how you got into what you're doing. So I'm obviously a family lawyer. I'm up here in Brisbane and I had a pretty traditional start to my law career as many lawyers do and did what was called articles of clerkship and started working a law firm being a lawyer and probably two or three years in I realized that it the way law was being practiced particularly when it came to divorce I didn't think was exactly the right way or the best way of helping families so I was 30 when I decided to set up my own practice and um, at the time I don't think I really understood or realized perhaps the the risk involved in doing something like that. I was still young enough to just go, that's a good idea and other people run businesses so it can't be that hard. <laughs> um, so I, I did. I just I, I set up a firm and I finished at the firm I was at on a Friday and started in my own practice on the Monday and I haven't really looked back. I've, I've really enjoyed the ride. Um, as the years have gone on, I think I've got obviously better at business. I've got more confident with business and a bit more experimental and, and now I'm really running a practice that is quite innovative. The focus here is all around keeping families away from traditional legal methods, so particularly the court process, and really trying to focus on holistic outcomes for families when it comes to divorce and separation. Now, one of the things you said that was really interesting was you didn't think much of the typical approach that the legal system took um, regarding divorce. So can you just explain that a little bit more? Yeah. Um, when it comes to divorce and separation, the way the law deals with those issues, of course, is to impose um, legal rights, entitlements and outcomes upon people. And what what traditionally that can mean is that um, where people can't find solutions that suit them, you end up in a court process that can take generally more than two years that will normally cost a family more than $100,000 and may or may not deliver outcomes that um, that the people wanted. And really what I started to see was that the families I was working with were people just like me. They were often um, kind, intelligent, quite normal people. And for whatever reason, their relationships had come to an end. And I struggled to understand why they couldn't themselves find solutions that worked for them and their families that were quite personal to them. And so what I started to explore was, was methods and ways that I could work with my clients, but more importantly with their whole family, to transition them through the divorce process and out the other side with a focus on their future and with a focus on what that outcome would mean for, for them and their future. Uh, the, legal, the traditional legal process can't really focus on the future. It, it very much focuses on the past to create an outcome that fits within legal parameters. Um, I'm more interested in understanding a family, understanding their values, their goals, what they want for their future, and then trying to tailor solutions that fit with that. 
So what sort of difference does it make when someone comes out the other side of the process when they work with you versus when they go through the traditional court system? Um, I think one of the big differences that I've observed is that the person is ultimately a whole person again. Um, their life will be different, their goals might be different, but they're, they're able to see a positive future for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I, for me that's really come back to being able to educate and empower people so that they're making their own choices throughout the divorce process. Some of those choices won't be easy. Um, some of the things that they're being asked to do or that they have to consider may not be what they want. Uh, but it's, it, it is really about understanding the choices that you, you have to make, understanding why they need to be made, and then trying to make them in a way that fits with what you as a person want for your life. Now, as I mentioned earlier, you are also a published author. So can you tell us a little bit about what prompted you to write your book? I wanted to write a book for years and years and years and years. And I wanted to write a book because I kept seeing clients and saying the same stuff and I felt like a broken record. <laughs> and I wanted to just be able to give them a book and say, look, can you just go read this and then can you come and talk to me? Because <laughs> we're all <laughs> going to be on the same page then mm -hmm. and it'll save you hours of time and lots of money and then we can have, you know, good conversations around what you want for your life. Um, and the, the challenge I found with the old I want to write a book was that I knew I wanted to write a book. I just had absolutely no idea how to write a book, <laughs> which was which was a small problem. <laughs> so, well, how did you go about it then if you had this big, if you were standing in front of the abyss and didn't quite know where yeah. to go? So I think you you know me enough, Jackie, to know that um, by chance I, I turned up at a, a a seminar for a group called Key Person of Influence and I just knew I was going to a day about something to do with marketing. I'd been invited to this sort of conference and um, I, I really had no idea what it was about but I think it was the second presenter of that morning was a gentleman, Andrew Griffiths, who himself has written lots of books. You probably know how many but I'm going to say 10 or more, <laughs> um, many of which are obviously very successful. And so he spoke to us about how you how you write a book in, a, in an overview sort of sense and it was that 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 hooked me into the key person of influence program where I obviously benefited massively from Andrew's mentorship in terms of the process. And it was having that process that made writing the book possible. Um, but for that, I think I would still be sitting here today saying I should write a book. Mm -hmm. um, when someone was able to break that down into sections and, you know, literally give you a step-by-step -step process, it made writing a book actually very easy. The writing I found incredibly easy. The editing I found incredibly easy. It was the production <laughs> that I wanted to throw myself at times. I was getting so frustrated. But again, it was learning. It was all learning about an industry that I know nothing about. Now, I know you actually had quite an interesting publishing process because you published your book and then you redesigned it and released it again. Yeah, yeah, I did. So I, um, I chose to sort of self manage the, the publishing process I don't even know why that's just sort of how it happened um, <laughs> I think if I had my time again I probably would have happily handed it over to someone else but I do like to understand things and mm -hmm. I wanted to, to I guess I wanted to be a part of that process the book was important to me so yeah I did I um I published it and when it arrived version one as I call it I had a real moment of oh this is just so disappointing visually the book to me I just found just really, yeah, underwhelming was how mm. I'd describe it. And I sort of thought, wow, I've put all of this work into this product and 
if I was handing that to people, I sort of had a sense of not here I'm proud to give you my book and I think it'll be great. It was like, oh, here's this book I've written mm. that I felt looked quite amateur and, and self-published. And so, yeah, I mean, you invest a lot of money obviously in, in doing that and it was a big decision for me then to say, no, that's not what I want. Um, but I decided, you know, I decided to re republish in the sense of the words are exactly the same. <laughs> the content <laughs> hasn't changed at all. Uh, but the way it's presented was significantly different and I worked with a different designer, one that I've worked with um, a lot and I, at the time I did my first round of designs as such for my book, I, I hadn't met Lauren, my now designer, so she and I since have worked together for a, a good year. She'd never done a book design before but she's, she does all of my branding and I just sat her down and said, do you feel like a new adventure <laughs> you feel about learning how to do a book? And she and I together sort of, flipped our way through and worked worked out how to do the um, do the interior layout, redo the cover and just present the book in what I think is a much more attractive way because the topic is heavy and mm-hmm. I, I sort of felt that people reading my book, they wouldn't be picking it up and going, oh, yay, I'm really excited to read about my, <laughs> my impending divorce. So I wanted the book when they were picking it up to at least feel like it was warm, it was comfortable, it was easy to read the font was well spaced, all these things that I knew nothing about six months prior, how important it is to have white space on a page. Anyway, I redid it. It was so valuable, really grateful that I made that decision because certainly version two, as I call it, um, has been really successful and, and I'm really proud to hand it to people and get lots of I get lots of really nice emails from people. I got an email just on the weekend from a lady that I'd sent the book to last year when Somehow or other she got in contact with me and was struggling her way through the early stages of a divorce and she sent me an email just on the weekend saying, you probably won't remember me but I read your book and this is where I'm at now and this is what my husband and I have done and it was just a really great positive email and I just thought that's so nice that something that you write um, can can have that impact on mm. someone that I'll never meet. It's It's a lovely feeling. So what sort of other results have you had since you got published? I think... In a very simplistic sense, one of the most uh, important or beneficial, whatever word you want to use, result for me as a business person has just been the increase in my profile and in any my reach. So um, my book has certainly enabled me to reach a lot more people nationwide. I'm a, I'm a law firm in Brisbane. I'm called Brisbane Family Law Centre, so it's probably quite Brisbane-centric. Um, the book is bought all over Australia and it primarily I just sell it through my website at the moment. Facebook is sort of the hub of my online interactions with people. I'd probably sell three books a week, whether they be e-books or physical books, and they go out all over the country, which is lovely. And um, that's opening up a, a client base much broader than Brisbane as a result of that. Uh, with my book, I started my blog at about the same time, The Happy Family Lawyer. And the two sort of developed beautifully together and I've certainly grown a reputation as this crazy name, the happy family lawyer, (laughs) but as being a spokesperson around, you know, um, what I call good divorce or kind divorce, dignified divorce, graceful divorce, whatever you want to call it, but um, just finding a different way of divorcing. And, And that's the book has really helped me pitch myself in that because obviously by writing it all down and publishing it, it's very easy for people to get a good grasp of what you think and and feel and believe. Mm. 
And last year, weren't you nominated for a Thought Leader of the Year award? Yeah, I did, and um, and won that award, which was pretty crazy, actually. <laughs> yeah, headed down to Melbourne for the awards ceremony, thinking, oh, you know, I'll just be hanging out in a room. And and yeah, I was really genuinely surprised to receive that award. And one of the comments that they made on the night and subsequent was that the publishing of my book was a big part of why they um, they thought that I was worthy of that award. And again, it's it's just throwing out into the universe your views, your thoughts your way of doing things that is so powerful you're right that is very powerful and one of the things that makes me think of though is that it doesn't happen by itself and I work with a lot of entrepreneurs who are writing books as you know and a lot of them spend you know ten thousand dollars on a book and then go oh well what happens now isn't the media supposed to start calling me up the journalists supposed to be knocking down my door and the big brands wanting to partner with me now and they don't really know what to do once they've got the boxes of books in front of them. Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to getting your book out there and making sure the right people see it, did you have a plan in place for what would happen after your book went to print? I didn't have a fixed plan, but that is me. I'm not a person that sits down and has a detailed plan and then executes. I'm a bit more of a this is my concept and I'm going to do that bit and see where that takes me and then follow follow that little road as I call it. Um, the minute I started writing my book I started letting the universe know I was writing it. So I would occasionally publish sections on my blog. Um, I would always be chatting about writing. I'd be using on social media photographs of sections or me or where I was writing or whatever it was. So I was constantly sending subtle messages to the community that, that I'm a part of anyway mm -hmm. um, saying this is what I'm doing. So by the time it actually came to having my book in my hand I'd pre-sold I think close to a hundred, um, which was a problem because I got that first one and I was like, oh, this is kind of disappointing. <laughs> These people have been waiting and now I need to send it. Anyway, I did. Um, so that whole process of, you know, it, it was very much from the minute I started, I was just constantly talking about it in some capacity and I guess marketing it as a result. Um, when, I, when I did do my republish, as I call it, I did a very strong media push and I engaged a friend of mine here in Brisbane who does work in PR, um, but I didn't have a big budget. So what I asked her to do was give me a very limited amount of her um, time and her knowledge. And all I wanted from her was a bit of a strategic list of people that she thought I should approach. I wanted her to help me put together my media release um, to send to those people and that I would then manage the actual sending and, and dealing with everything thereafter. Mm -hmm. um, and the cost to me of that little activity in terms of her time and the like was about $1,500 and it was by far the most valuable investment of um, money for me. I think she probably undercharged me to be yeah. honest. But she gave me a list. She gave me a list of 35 um, people within the media that we then spent, you know, we spent some time and some money in presenting the books in a way that made them attractive so they looked like a gift when they arrived. It wasn't just a book in an envelope. They came in a box. They were wrapped in tissue paper. There was, I don't know, there was chocolates. There was whatever there was. But I was determined to make an impact on the people that I was sending this to. And the minute we sent those out, um, that morning I got an email from a producer at Channel 9 saying, are you available to be on the morning show on Monday? <laughs> I went, sure. <laughs> okay. That was fast. <laughs> Let's do that. Um, 
and then in the you know flow out of that I had print publications here in Brisbane I think I did three radio interviews um, there was a whole lot of media that came as a result of that release and for me the success in that was having a professional draft the release for me in a way that made it right <laughs> I, I've done them before for my firm but it's not my expertise and this was something that was really important so I wanted to get it done properly I had Lauren my graphic designer um, design the release so it wasn't just a word document with black and white writing on it it was a colorful document that fit with the branding and the how my book looks and how my whole brand looks color and design is really important mm -hmm. to me so when people were receiving it it came it was different and i just didn't want it to get lost on desks as part of everything mm -hmm. else um, so that by far was one of the most successful things i did do a book launch as well um, I did a very simple book launch here in Brisbane and probably more for my professional colleagues than for the public at large. So the audience for my book is people going through divorce. It's not necessarily other lawyers. Um, but for the book launch, I did invite people from within my industry and that sort of thing and just had a nice small evening here at my office um, in a space that we have here. It wasn't a particularly costly exercise. I had a nice video produced as a result. But it was good to formally say, I've done this, yeah. book launched. And again, just a good way of getting into people's minds that this is available um, for their clients. And, and a lot of my colleagues do use my book within their practices as a result of that, which is great. And then I'm probably just talking too much. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're saying you should see me. I'm taking down furious notes because I published my own book a few months ago and haven't really done anything with it yet. So this is great for me. <laughs> I say probably the one thing I'd say to you then is what I try and do is make myself each week do something with my book um, and sometimes it's just send it to a random person that mm -hmm. I would like to connect with or that I think would appreciate it um, might be a person that I see on Facebook that in a you know in another group has said I think the lady that emailed me on the weekend this is how she got my book is she was on a mum's group and said something like I'm going through a divorce and I don't know what to do and I just messaged her and said look I've written a book how about I send a copy to you and I just am constantly just looking for ways to be pushing it out into the universe, um, not with people buying it, just giving it. And it's such a valuable business tool as a result because you never know who's going to get their hands on it and you never know where that's going to lead. Mm. I think that's a great action step for anyone listening. Just commit to doing one thing a week. Yeah. One thing a week is a gradually build. Mm. <laughs> when you say to yourself, I've got to create a marketing plan for my book, I think we all go, oh. <laughs> That just sounds hard. <laughs> now, um, one of the things I loved that you just spoke about was PR because I think that can feel like a bit of a mysterious beast for a lot of people, especially if they've never been featured in any major media before. And what I really liked was how you broke down the process of working with your friend where you started with a list of key people that you were going to reach out to. You created the package that you were going to send to them and made sure you know it was beautiful and that it would stand out and then obviously connected with those people and the opportunities that that led to. Yeah. Now, I know that one of the things a lot of us struggle with when we're reaching out to, let's say, journalists or it could just be other influencers in our industry, is that we want to connect with them and we want to connect with their audiences, but it's all about us and we don't really know how to position what we're offering in a way that's attractive to them. Was that something you struggled with? Um, that's something I struggle with all the time and I think 
Yeah, I completely understand what you're saying there. It is really hard when you're thinking, I, I really would like the opportunity to meet, work with, whatever it is. I've got a, you know, I've got a great product here and I think these people need it. How do I get in the door? <laughs> um, and I, funny, I get a lot of that from other people. I'm at a stage in my career where I get a lot of emails each week saying, can we have a coffee? We seem to have similar clients. Can we have a chat? And at the moment I'm getting to a space where I just go delete um, because I find that that sort of empty email coffee, for me it's just starting to be just chew up my time and mm. pick my brain. Um, so my approach has been softer and certainly when I sent the books it, to the media, it was about let's make this beautiful, let's make it worth their while opening it um, if, you know, if it's of no use to them, so be it. At least they will have opened something nice <laughs> and that experience <laughs> At least they got be... some chocolates. Yeah, exactly. Like at least that experience will hopefully be okay. Mm -hmm. um, so that's probably a bit different. But from my perspective, if I'm trying to connect with someone that I, I genuinely don't know and that is potentially more influential than me or, you know, the standing is not equal, um, mm -hmm. I probably would start with something softer and I do like to send physical gifts. We live, in, we live in an industry where people just communicate either by LinkedIn message or email when it comes to professional connection, both of which I personally can't stand. Um, so I would probably send a card or, you know, send something soft mm -hmm. that just opens that conversation pathway. I find... Anyway, when people are trying to get to me, I find that works much better. <laughs> so <laughs> I've sort of, I've sort of started to adopt that process. But I think it is about stopping and thinking to yourself, who is that person? What do I know about them? What do I think would work? Twitter's obviously great sometimes as well as a way of getting quite instantaneous connection with people. Um, but I think it's it's not a one step thing. You've mm. got to sort of really think about it and do it slowly and softly. Having mutual people that can introduce you is often also very helpful. No, absolutely. So obviously you've done a lot to push your book out there over the last year. How do you measure what has worked for you and what hasn't? Or do you just keep doing things and <laughs> let them accumulate? Yeah, I'm I'm option two. Um, <laughs> Which is I'm not a great you, so measuring. <laughs> yeah. I hate spreadsheets. I don't particularly like numbers and I op operate very much on intuition. Mm -hmm. So what works, my media release worked because I got all of these media opportunities. You know, I haven't bothered to sit down and list them. I don't know how many there were. I just know that at the time there was lots of, um, there was lots of activity in terms of the media and, and that flowed into business. So for me, that's worked. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes though, me in my head saying something's worked almost has no immediate direct impact I think I think that sending the book to the lady last year and getting an email on the weekend saying that her life and her family are great gee that's a worked for me mm. has that potentially led to business in my my office at the moment no but that's a lady hopefully that out in the community is talking about Clarissa Ray with the happy family lawyer in a positive way and mm. for my business to sustain itself into the future that's what I want is lots of little people out in the world saying look there's a better way you can do this get in contact with this lady um, so it's very, I don't know, it's really different, but I, I just think you've just got to keep doing things, whatever they are, and everyone has their own measure of success. Um, and for me, it's often the small things that I consider more important in my measure of success anyway, than the things that potentially lead to lots of, lots of dollars. Mm, no, that's such a great point. And I think 
that when anyone's writing and publishing a book, they do need to be really clear about what they want to get out of it and what success is for them. Because for some people it is getting more clients and getting more sales, but for some people it is connecting with that influencer or getting featured on the morning show. Or yeah. for some people it's being able to help someone. One of the things I've experienced with my book is that, and you know, I also did the Key Persons of Influence program and I work with a lot of people going through that program. And I get so many people reading my book and coming back to me going, oh, God, I wish I'd read this before I wrote my book because <laughs> it makes sense Yeah, now. I was really annoyed when you published it after I'd written mine. I was like, oh, <laughs> why didn't I have that? <laughs> so, yeah, I have no doubt about that. Um, just the, the, you know, the book itself is valuable to other people and it, for me it comes back to what's important to you in life, why are you in business and, yeah, your own measure of success and that changes on a day-to-day -day basis too. Like you're a mother as well as an entrepreneur, so you do have a lot going on. And adding a book to the mix, is it's a lot to put into the mix. So how do you manage it all? How do you get it all done? With a whole lot of people. Um, <laughs> I describe myself as being like J-Lo. I wish I looked like J-Lo. I wish I had her budget. But that's how <laughs> I feel sometimes. I think, look at all these people that I need to have to make my life function. It's hilarious. Um, so I have an amazing husband. Uh, Ollie, he does all the cooking in our house. He's a builder. He like he looks after London, our daughter, all the time. I don't know. We have a pretty funny, but very <laughs> modern relationship. There are no roles in our household. It's, it needs to be done. Someone does it. Mm -hmm. um, so he's been great. When I wrote the book, we went to my parents' house, uh, which is in northern New South Wales, and basically the deal was I was writing, and he and my parents were, you know having a holiday and hanging out with my daughter and doing whatever they did but I was writing and and they're all really great my parents um, offer me a lot of support caring for my daughter once a week they travel up here to Brisbane and look after her for two days and then I've got a team of people in my office who also are amazing and do all sorts of stuff for me and then I have nannies and then I have a cleaner and so to answer your question <laughs> <laughs> to make my life function I have all of these people and I'm so grateful that I have all of these people and that I can, with my business, keep all of these people employed and they, that's what makes my life run the way it runs. Um, so I'm really lucky, I guess. I love um, what you said about being J-Lo. As soon as you started talking about the people, I'm like, yes, she's the talent. <laughs> <laughs> You're the talent. You have the support staff around you. Yeah. yeah. I always used to think, why is it that those people need all those people? And, yeah, then I became a mum and I was like, oh, I get why those people need those people. <laughs> you're just a pop star why do you need everything else yeah one day my goal and my dream is to be rich and famous enough or not famous enough but rich enough to have a hairdresser that travels with me that <laughs> would be good <laughs> that's when I know I've made it when I don't have to do my hair <laughs> so before we finish up do you have any final advice you would give to any listeners who are writing a book or coming to the end of writing a book and ready to start thinking about how they can leverage it for their businesses? So Clarissa's top tips with book writing. A, just write the book. Don't worry about it. Just get it out of your head. However you do that. I dictate because in my job I dictate. So that's how I got my book written. It took me five days in the end um, and I just literally sat there for five days and wrote and dictated and spoke to myself and then my secretary typed it up. So that for me was by far the easiest, quickest way of just getting the content done and dusted. I would say use experts. 
<laughs> so I you know if I had my time again I probably would have outsourced the process earlier to um, people that could manage more steps rather than me trying to project manage individual steps I found that a bit hard uh, but I didn't have your book so had I had your book that would have been easier um, <laughs> anyway and then in terms of the marketing process I my my thing there I love marketing I love marketing generally and for me marketing in a very simple sense is just sharing your message and it's something that as a business person you will be doing every day whether you like it or not you're doing it without realizing it and so just embrace it for what it is and if you have the opportunity to share with someone that you're writing a book do if you run a Facebook page post a nice image of you doing that all of those little soft messages will help when it gets to the point that your book is actually there physically in front of you um, so yeah I just I think break the marketing process down, don't find it overwhelming and do one thing a week. Um, that seemed to work for me. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. No and if our listeners would like to learn more about you and your book, where can they find you? So probably the easiest place is the Happy Family Lawyer website, which is just thehappyfamilylawyer.com. And you'll find my book on there and you'll find me on there and my blog and and I probably talk too much, so it's great to go on my website and just read about me and not have to talk to me because I'll talk your ear off. I enjoyed you talking my ear off. It was all very informative and a lot of fun. 